What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. D. Mendy joined tonight by Christian Crespo and John Hellcamp making his appearance back on the podcast here. And everybody missed him and his Bobby board. John, good to have you oh, back, man. my friend. Yeah, sorry. Uh, chaotic last few weeks, wedding planning, feeling sick, all kinds of just nonsense. But um, it is it is a very good feeling to be back to update the Bobby board, to uh, talk about my boy Adley Rushman uh, getting his major league debut. We're, uh, we're excited. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, that for those that weren't able to tell, that was Adley Rushman's debut. That was his first at-bat with the Orioles. I was blessed to be able to go to that game and, of course, secured the bag and saved those ticket stubs, of course. But it's awesome, uh, man. That's he cool. uh, looked great. Had I believe I didn't see his last at-bat, but he had a triple while was there, a walk. Even though he struck out in his first at-bat, definitely looked like he's belonging in the major leagues as we expected all along. And that's the part we're all looking forward to. We're looking for these guys that put in all that type of work in the minor leagues to be able to be called up to the show and be able to perform and do what we expect them to do. And it's just an, an awesome thing to be able to witness the emotions and just everybody else that's watching them play, get excited for them. It, it's, it's great stuff. And that's what we're here every single week here to do. Christian, how are you doing, man? We also uh, missed you last week, and uh, we were missing some Detroit Tiger love around here. Yeah, I know. I, I made sure to to let you guys know uh, as soon as I as I finished listening to the part. Actually, as I was listening to it, I was like, how can you forget this guy and this guy and this guy? But no, yeah. I, it's good to be back. We were upset. When I saw Justin Verlander, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, and I think Eugenio we Suarez yeah. and Willie Adamas. To be fair, like those, like Suarez and Adamas are like good players. But like obviously Verlander's like a superstar. I was right. like more saying like who's a good like legit superstar, and but other ones obviously those guys are good too. Uh, but as you guys know, same deal. Tonight we're gonna go through our players of the week, our notable promotions, prospect watches, and who's next. And of course, kicking it off with our minor league players of the week and uh, Miami Marlin prospect again. That the Marlins are chock full of these guys and. Jarrera Encarnacion is right here, and he's ready for the show. I mean, AAA right now, he's crushing it, right, Christian? Yeah, he's been on fire. It's He's absolutely mashing the ball right now, and it's it's been going on across two levels now because he was just recently promoted to AAA. And, um, I mean, what, what he's done over the past seven days, I mean, he's batting 350 with two home runs, four RBIs, but on the year between – the two levels he's batting 360 with a 421 on base a 618 slug with 10 total home runs and a 257 iso he is Woo! crushing the ball right now and it's like i said it just continues to translate over and he's somebody that um you know he has had issues with strikeouts in the past and his walk rate isn't really anything to write home about but he's been able to um just kind of handle his own at the plate and just be a really efficient hitter um, at every level he's been at. I remember I saw him live in 2019 in um, in low A when he was with, um, at low A with Miami. And he just, I mean, he's an imposing figure. I mean, he's, he's huge. He, he's 6'4", 250. I mean, he's built like a brick house. Um and honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that the Marlins have 48 first basemen on their MLB roster, I, I think he can make an impact 
now at the major league level with the way his back continues to translate and the power he's able to put out. Yeah, I mean, 30 homer upside, obviously, that you know he could still tap into more power. Uh, people might look back uh, in double A, had a 38% whiff rate, but he also had knee issues and a, a broken finger that limited him that season. You think he could potentially move him to right field because he did have 33 assists there uh, and 200 starts. Do you think that could be the eventual move for him with the Miami Marlins? I don't know because they just signed Avisel Garcia to that contract. So he's kind of locked in there, and he, I don't think he can play. I mean, that that outfield already as it is between Soler, Sanchez, and Garcia is a defensive liability. So uh, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, he he's, he'd be a great DH as well, but the Marlins also have Garrett Cooper and Jesus Aguilar, and Luan Diaz is also being shuttled around between – Triple A in the major leagues, he's not really getting his chance either. And he's another one that deserves to, you know, get that opportunity at the big league level. So it's just a log jam for them right now. And not to mention that they have outfield prospects, JJ Blade, Peyton Burdick, and Griffin Conine, just some others that uh could also potentially be a problem for him to be able to get outfield time with them when yeah. they get called up at some point. John player that you felt like a hitter that was catching your eye this past week. Why don't you tell us about the young handsome man on screen here? Yeah, uh, Jordan Groshans, he's uh, just been performing incredibly well. He was rehabbing from injury and ends up getting back to the AAA level. And since getting back there has been tearing it up. One thing that I love that stands out to me is the uh, 6.8% K rate at AAA. He hardly ever strikes out. And I'm, I'm loving that in 18 games at Triple A Buffalo for Toronto. Uh, he is hitting 356 with a 452 on base percentage. Um, he also is cleaning up with runners in scoring position as well with a 458 average with runners in scoring position. So he is a dangerous hitter that is performing incredibly well right now. The only thing that I don't like for him is that he's in a Toronto system where. Uh, right now he's kind of slotting in as either a first base or third base. He looks like third base is going to be the position that he's going to end up at, but they just brought over Matt Chapman to play third base. So he kind of has a, a log jam in, uh, ahead of him. I'm not sure kind of what that's going to mean. He might be a trade candidate potentially just spitballing here, not like going off any reports or anything. But with Matt Chapman in front of him, he might be someone that is potentially, you know, on the move if Toronto is a buyer at the at the trade deadline looking to acquire some help. Um, but he's performing incredibly well right now. Looks great at the plate. Uh, is just, you know, handling his business. And he's a uh, very intriguing prospect. One thing I'll add about Jordan Groshans is right now the power is non-existent. Uh, you right, know, he had yeah. seven home runs in, in double A. Uh, but so far this season, he started the year in single A, zero home runs in uh, five games. And then in triple A, 18 games, he has zero home runs, 18 games in triple A. He's got an ISO each of the past uh, this, this year, a 0.53 ISO at single A, a 0.51 ISO in double A or triple A, excuse me. And then in 2021 in double A, a 158 ISO. This looks like that for me, if I vision him, maybe he's somebody that is a above average kind of middle infielder, but not anybody that's going to uh, 
to wow you. Maybe his great awareness of the strike zone and his walk rates will be somebody that will be very valuable. You know, if you're about fantasy, somebody that's going to be a great points league player. And in real life, for the Toronto Blue Jays, somebody that could be a great table setter at the top of the lineup. I don't know just how much of an impact he's going to make in terms of turning heads and putting people in the seats to watch him at his at-bats. Uh, Christian, what do you think about Jordan Groshans? Yeah, the power is definitely the concern with him. Um, he was drafted as a shortstop, but he was always said, you know, he's going to move off of the position. The problem is that moving off to the position is most likely going to lead him to third base. And from your third baseman, you, you're looking to get, you know, solid defense, but third base, you're thinking, all right, we're going to get 22 to 27 home runs on average per year. And I think Groshans is more of a 12 to 15 home runs per year. And if that's what you're getting out of your third baseman, I mean, it's not really going to, you know, it, that's more of a second baseman, uh, mm-hmm. like stat line when it comes to power. Sure. So, so putting him at third base really wouldn't work. If he's able to translate it over to second base and, you know, be like what Santiago Espinal is for them right now, because what he's doing for them has been really, really good. And nobody expected that from him. Um, which is probably why they haven't really made a push to, you know, go after the Jose Ramirez type of players and move them to second base. But um, from a ball player standpoint, I mean, Groshans has the skill set to be a good baseball player at the big league level. So it's really just him trying to find that power, that power show going forward. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's that's the biggest question mark in his game right now. You look at a guy that has good control of the zone with the walk to, to K rate, uh, someone that's getting on base a lot, has a solid batting average. I agree with you, though. When, you, when you're thinking about your third baseman, that's typically one of those uh, power sources in your lineup, and, and he's not contributing that right now. So I, I think with his ability to get on base and control the strike zone at, at the AAA level, it's, it's interesting. Like, he's someone that I'm watching right now, um, I'm not sitting here going like, holy F call this guy up right this second and get him to the major leagues. But he's putting in some, some impressive numbers in like every category except the power numbers. Yeah. So if he can start kind of figuring that out and just contribute like enough in that category, he, he could be really interesting. The week six edition of the call is now the uh, Mr. Groshan's edition because uh, Jordan's taking over the show here. But <laughs> we are going to move on to our next guy here. And I got to say, Christian, uh, looking at his numbers, it definitely uh, I'm happy you put him on the list here. And, and Frank Mazzucato from the Kansas City Royals, who uh, the second straight week you've been talking about your rival Royals here and uh, pl- prospects that are catching your eye. The seventh overall pick last year, uh, what has he been doing to catch your eye? Well, I mean, he just made his professional debut um this week and i mean you see the numbers there three innings pitched one hit he did have the three walks but i mean for an 18 year old making his professional debut it's it's pretty good what he's been able to do he he really does have a high he's a high floor high ceiling kind of pitcher in my opinion um when i see him i think nick lodolo-esque um, he's not going to run the fastball up there as high as Nicol Dolo, but I mean, just a lefty. If you want to think more old school, kind of like a Cliff Lee, 
you know, he's going to be able to manage the strike zone, get ahead of in the count with all of his pitches, um, the fastball curveball and changeup, um, which he's able to locate at any time in the count. I mean, it's, he has such a good feel for each one of them. And it's a reason why, that, I mean, he was taking seventh overall, and especially from an organization that tends to prioritize college arms in the draft. Um, I mean, you saw, we've seen it with, Brady Singer and uh, Chris Bubich and, you know, these guys that they recently drafted. But for them to take an 18-year-old and, you know, just give him essentially a year to then then make his debut, I mean, it's telling. Like I said, I, I think he has such a high floor. He's going to be a really good pitcher as he continues to develop. He has a nice frame for a lefty. You know, he's tall, he's long, he's still filling out into his body. He's definitely... You know, he's my pitcher of the week because of his debut. And, you know, the the numbers look good. The video looked good, too. He looked comfortable. Like I said, he had the three walks, but it's his first time pitching professionally. So I'm going to give him a pass for that one. But he's definitely somebody that I think people should continue to keep their eye on. Now, Christian, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that some teams might can just have problems developing prospects to where they don't reach their full potential? I'm looking like with the Royals and you see – Brady Singer is underwhelmed. Daniel Lynch is underwhelmed. Carlos Hernandez is underwhelmed. There's all these guys with the Royals get a lot of prospect up. And I know I'm forgetting some others too. I know Asa Lacy is obviously still there and, and he's yeah. still projected yeah, he's as a very high end prospect. Issues. But like, do any part, does any part of you worry about any of these players that the Royals are bringing in that maybe they don't reach their full potential with this club? I think that's the reason why they decided to go the young approach this time instead of taking the guys that have kind of developed to to a point where they're really not going to gain much more. Like I said, they, they've taken older college arms in the drafts previously, and now this is kind of the first time we're seeing them really invest in the young guys and really molding them into the pitcher they want them to become. I mean, we've... We've seen in Arizona this year the way that Brent Strom has impacted that organization mm-hmm. from a pitching side and the way that the pitchers down from the minor leagues all the way up to the major leagues have just taken that step forward. So it's definitely some uh, an organizational philosophy that it, it just takes a change in approach. And maybe this is the change in approach that they needed to go now and they're just starting to realize it because Daniel Lynch has actually performed much better this season than he did when he first came up last year. Bubich has had his issues. Kowar has definitely had his issues. And Brady Singer just keeps riding the – getting his freaking flyer miles from AAA to <laughs> – he's he's riding along with uh, Edward Olivares. They're, they're um, riding together. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really high on Frank Mazzucato. I mean, I, I'm really interested in seeing how, how he continues to develop. John, why don't you tell me a little bit about Mr. Uh... – Brian Bello here and why you think uh, for your Red Sox, somebody that we should keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's not a uh, episode of the show with me on it. If I'm not talking about a woo socks, but uh, <laughs> Brian Bello made his debut at triple a woo socks. And in that debut, he had 10 K's. He also has a 98 to 99 mile an hour fastball with wicked breaking ball action off of it. Um, 10 Ks and six innings pitched with one walk. Uh, did have six hits and two, in, two in earned runs on it, but he also generated a ton of swings and misses. So um, 
you're talking about someone who gets a debut at the next level like that up in AAA and, and to put up some some really solid solid numbers. He is certainly intriguing. I would say that the biggest weakness for the Red Sox right now is their pitching. Um, so if you've got a kid like this with a fastball, a slider, changeup um, in his arsenal at some you know pretty elite speed, I think that he's someone that if he continues to perform like this at the AAA level, that he could be someone that the Red Sox look to get up uh, into their probably into their bullpen to start with. I would say that's just kind of what they tend to do with pitching prospects that they bring up. Um, But they could possibly get him in there to contribute to the major league squad in the next, I don't know, maybe in the next couple months, we could probably see him up. Um, if he continues to look like this at AAA. So it was a really, really intriguing and encouraging AAA debut, showing off a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of swings and misses, racking up those strikeouts in six innings. Uh, it's it's very intriguing. He He's definitely the, the top arm right now um, in the Red Sox uh, farm system. Yeah, a fastball that can get up to 100 miles an hour. He's going to have to work on his command a little bit, especially as he gets up to the major leagues there. But a very high floor for him with the strikeout stuff he does have, which even just looking again, double A in uh, this year in six games, had an 11.23K per nine. And just every single year in the minors uh, over the last two years, it's a double-digit K per nine. And somebody that maybe I you know can look at the ERA estimators and maybe he was overperforming a little bit with his high left on base percentages of both of them being in the uh, upper 80 percentiles over this season. But again, the, the strikeout stuff is there and he has an arsenal with three quality pitches and uh, yeah, somebody that again with the Red Sox needing help. Don't be surprised if at the very least he comes in there as an, a multi-inning reliever this year for them. Kind of I'm, I'm picturing someone like a Garrett Whitlock, especially if yeah. they keep him in the rotation and they yeah, need that's... that guy, the, the Whitlock role. That, that seems to be like that. what they do with these young arms when they bring them up is they want to get them that multi-inning reliever role to start getting that major league exposure before just throwing them straight into the rotation. So I could for sure see him coming up in the second half of the season and having a role like that to start getting some major league innings and start getting that exposure to him. So yeah, I, I could for sure see that this year. Let's talk about some notable promotions, and there were a good chunk this week across a bunch of different levels here. Michael Bush, who's been mentioned on the show a couple times, going up to AAA. We talked about Brian Bello just now. John brought him up, just got bumped up to AAA and had his first start. We had uh, Ken Waldachek of the New York Yankees. Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor, both uh, are guys people know. And for some reason, I don't know why Adley Rushman got cut off on this slide because he was in the <laughs> slide when I uploaded it. But Adley Rushman, of course, getting also called up to the big leagues. Just real quick in 60 seconds or less, each of you guys, is there a particular one that you're more excited than the others or one that stuck out to you? Uh, let me go with you first, Christian. Uh, well, one that stuck out is the fact that the Cardinals actually optioned Libertor back down to AAA today. So... That kind of sucked, but um, I thought he looked good in his first start. Granted, it was against the Pirates, but I mean, for for what he's been able to do in the minor leagues at such a young age and just to be able to handle his own, for him to come up and, you know, just show that he was comfortable on the mound in his first start, it, it, it's telling. And he's ready for the major leagues. Um, I, I'm I'm excited to see when he gets called back up. Obviously, Adley's a, 
a slam dunk pick as well, but I don't know. I'll let John talk about Adley. <laughs> that is his uh, neighbor, someone right in his neighborhood there. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate you with the uh, underhand pitch for me to hit out of the, <laughs> hit out of the park there. So, uh, so in in I I grew up in the Portland Oregon suburbs. I was born and raised around there, um, and then I moved to a small city in Portland called Sherwood, Oregon, uh, in 2014. Um, so in 2014, I moved to Sherwood uh, when Adley Rushman was playing at Sherwood High School as a junior. Um, that year, he hit 444 with a 581 on base percentage with a 1.266 OPS. He struck out only five times the entire season. Um, from there, he went on to Oregon State down in Corvallis, which is about two hours down the road from Sherwood. Uh, went on to rake there, kind of got off to a bit of a slow start in his uh, freshman season. And then between his sophomore and junior year, just absolutely tore it up. Um, his final year at OSU, he had a 411 batting average, 575 on base, 751 slug. Ends up going first overall uh, in the 2019 draft to the Baltimore Orioles. I'm a Red Sox fan, so I hate that he's going to torment my team for the next decade plus, but this dude is just a, a stud, a switch hitting catcher that can hit for average, can hit for power. He's just that dude. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm cherry picking here. This is obviously the number one prospect in all of major league baseball getting the call, but as someone that's been watching him since high school, like literally him being up the road from my house, like Sherwood high school to my front door was like six tenths of a mile. Like he was down the road from me and to see him go through this progression um, has been absolutely incredible. Oregon's not exactly a hotbed of major league talent. So it's, it's really cool to just see a local kid get that done. Um, so excited for him, man. It was just so cool to, to see him get the call, have an impact in his first game, get on base twice. Uh, it's awesome. I'm I'm stoked. I'm I'm so happy for him, even though he is in the AL East. So I can tell you that all the Orioles fans that were in the stadium yesterday, the only time they stood up the entire game was every time he had in a bat. Otherwise, everybody was sitting there. I believe it. Care. It was pretty pretty telling just with the, the hope that he's bringing along with some other prospects that are coming along the way with the Orioles. I will add just to Nolan Gorman. I thought it was cool. He was called up even though a 34% strikeout rate in AAA is not good. 15 home Perfect. runs is pretty solid. Has one strikeout in his first 10 at bats. I do think that's going to obviously go a little bit the other way. So keep your expectations in check here. I would not be shocked that he gets sent down at some point if he looks overmatched by big league hitting. Uh, which could happen with his high strikeout rates, and you obviously need to put the ball in play. So, uh, you know, I don't know. And this is, uh, you know, very much speculation that he gets sent down at some point, but I'm not going crazy thinking he's going to stick around like Juan Yepes has uh, right now with the Cardinals. So, I don't know. I think you think he he'll stick around? Yeah. I hope so. They, they're already talking about it. I mean, they've, they've said that Tommy Edmond is moving over to short. Paul DeJong was, I mean, sent down to AAA. Edmundo Sosa is nothing special. And if Gorman can play to the talent that he has, I mean, prior to this year, his strikeout percentage was in the mid-20s, not the mid-30s. So I think that um, 
he was pressing at AAA this year, um, knowing that he probably should have broke camp with the team. He just went up there and changed his approach completely. And because prior to this year, he, I mean, he he kind of had um, that same like Alec Thomas approach where he was able to hit the ball hard to all fields and, you know, drive the ball, line drives, you know, hard fly balls to the outfield everywhere. And this season, I mean, it just kind of looked, even from the, the video that I saw, his swings were looking like he was selling out for power. And you saw it because he was crushing home runs and he was striking out a lot. He was very susceptible to left-handed pitching because he was flying open. Um, and then now he just looks like he's adjusted his approach a little bit. I mean, granted, it's been 10 at-bats, a really small sample size, but it looks like he's kind of zoned into back into who the hitter he was prior to starting at AAA this year. So I, I think he's here to stay. I hope so. That's what we all can hope for him, but definitely, you know, keep an eye out and see what the Cardinals do. Like you said, Libertor being sent down, uh, and obviously, you know, hopefully he gets brought back, back, back. I can't even see, brought back up soon. Goodness yeah, well, Steven, Steven Matz got hurt today. He left to start after four pitches. So I Libertor saw that, yeah. might, might be right back up. We'll keep an eye on that. And just like these guys in our prospect watch here, and Gavin Stone for the Dodgers right now in high A ball to double A right now, Christian. He looks like he's doing really well. Yeah, he, he does look good. And he was somebody that um, he was actually a reliever in college up until uh, his junior season, um, which was the 2020 shortened season. But um, he he was able to pretty much dominate as a starter out of Southern Louisiana. And he was taken in the fifth round by the Dodgers um, in 2020. And I don't know, he's, he doesn't have anything that's really going to wow you, but he's working really with what he's got. I mean, he's, he's averaging 94 miles per hour on his fastball and he could hit 98 on it, which is pretty impressive. And he does have a lot of vertical break on it too. Um, He has a mid eighties changeup that has, pretty decent fade on it as well and it also has pretty pretty good velo on it too so it causes really good separation off of his fastball um and then he has a kind of like curveball and then a slider cutter hybrid that he just kind of manipulates the throw depending on the count but i mean he's really aggressive with his three pitch mix and you can see it in the numbers i mean he has over seven games in 30 innings pitched this year between high A and double A, he has a 1 2 ERA with a 2.05 expected FIP, which is pretty good. I mean, he has a 12.24 K per nine as well. Like I said, he's aggressive in the zone, he's not afraid of hitters. He's gonna go up there and he's gonna he's gonna battle. And granted, he's not a big name, but he's definitely somebody that's been catching my eye so far this year. Yeah, definitely looking good there. And and somebody else that's looking good, John, Grayson Rodriguez, another Baltimore Oriole prospect that should hopefully be in the show really soon. Yeah, speaking of American League East prospects that are going to torment my Red Sox for years to come, uh, let's talk about Grayson Rodriguez. Honestly, I thought that it would have been amazing and kind of hilarious if the Orioles brought him up at the same time as Adley Rushman and put them in there as a battery one-two for a game. I think that that would have been amazing. Um, he's not there yet, but Grayson Rodriguez is going to be there real fast. Um, a 13.74 K per nine this season. I have a typo in season. That's awesome. Good work, mm-hmm. John. Um, 
his his game his his first outing today without Adley Rushman there was probably his best outing of the season with six innings pitch, gave up four hits, two runs, one walk, nine Ks, threw 96 pitches, 64 of them going for strikes with 14 whiffs. He has five plus pitches. He has a plus plus fastball, a plus plus slider, uh, a high graded changeup. The, the guy has so many tools in his arsenal. He looks like a major league pitcher and he's going to be there soon. Like I, I genuinely think that this dude's gonna get called up within the next like three weeks to a month. Like he's gonna be a part of that, part of that pitching rotation. Whether he gets get like right into the starting role or he has like extended, you know, relief appearances like we were talking about earlier with Brian Bello. But he's going to make his major league debut, I think, very very fast. And he has ace potential. Like he's that good of a pitcher with so much stuff. Um, and they have so many holes to fill in Baltimore. There's a just a wide open lane for Grayson Rodriguez to get into the starting rotation sooner than later. So I, I think that's coming quick. And I think that he's going to be a very effective pitcher at the next level. Yeah. And I heard Eno Saris talk about too that, hey, he does have a lot of pitches. All of them might not play at the major league level, but you know what? If you can have three plus pitches in the big leagues, yep. you're doing something right. You know, you see guys like Matt Brash and others that, you know, they have two and it can succeed for a while. But a lot of times, unless you're super special, you have that kind of starts dictating towards if you're going to be somebody that might be better in the bullpen or not. Uh, in the major leagues, unless you have your two plus pitches are elite, elite. And and his stuff definitely was. Um I like the fact that Grayson Rodriguez is, has a lot of pitches and that the, most of them are doing pretty well. So then if they don't all work out, that he'll have other stuff he can go to. And Grayson Rodriguez has great stuff. So yeah. as you can obviously see that on the screen this season and what he's been doing. So uh, I would expect in June is my guess yeah. if I had to. So I think you're right on the money there, John. Our last segment, who's next? A couple guys here that could be on the verge of the call. Grayson Rodriguez, you could even maybe lump him in that category as well. But we had to make sure we got a Detroit Tiger in here. Cody Clemens of your Detroit Tigers, Christian. Uh, looks like he could be on the verge sometime soon. Listen, it would not be a show if I did not mention a Tiger or a Marlin. <laughs> and this one, we got both. Um, hey, it wouldn't be a show without me referencing a Woosock. So we're good. There we go. Yeah, exactly. It's all the and same. then... And then exposing your closet Oreo fandom. But, <laughs> hey, 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 um, hey. Whoa, whoa. So I'm going to talk about Cody and just the fact that he is absolutely tearing the cover off of the ball right now in Toledo. And with the way the Tigers are playing, I mean, any jolt of offense for that lineup would be well received. But, I mean, over the past week in six games, Cody is batting 400 with a home run, three doubles, three triples, eight RBIs, and only seven strikeouts. I mean, he is – it's it's every day I check on Twitter, there's a, there's multiple highlights of him um, just just hitting the ball hard and his versatility on defense too. He could play some third base. He's played some second base. He's played some outfield. So, I mean, bring that versatility up to the major leagues, inject some offense into that lineup, and you know, who knows. But I, I think he's on the – I think he's close. Yeah, and the Tigers definitely need some offense in there. Uh, the last guy I'm going to bring up here because we're running out of time, I had to make sure I give a shout-out really quick to Miguel Vargas, who 
You guys don't see Michael's on the show tonight. Put him in there. Michael had a bunch of great guys lined up. He just unfortunately couldn't make it due to technical difficulties. Uh, Miguel Vargas needs to be brought up here. Somebody that on the season right now, he's got seven home runs, 27 RBIs, four stolen bases, a triple slash of 311, 404. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 311, uh, 411, 522. Um, Just absolutely doing really good things in AAA right now. Somebody, if you kind of look more into his profile too, he's somebody that has a great knowledge of the strike zone. He's able to kind of hit the balls where they're pitched and knows kind of just how to overall have advanced at bats every single time he goes up to the plate, has great mechanics. He's able to handle high velocity fastballs, is not somebody that gets thrown off by breaking balls. Good athleticism, somebody that can play around the diamond. He's even sometimes listed depending on where you look. First, second, and third base eligible is where he's kind of played all around the infield there. Um, so he's he could play this year with the Dodgers. Uh, I would not be shocked to see him called up in the next couple months here, maybe even sooner, depending on injuries. And I mean, even just looking at his his uh, Fangraphs profile too, it's just like walk percentage, double digits, K percentage. It's never gotten above twenty two point five percent at any level in the minor leagues. A lot more times in the high teens. So. Somebody, again, we talked about the great part of the uh, great knowledge of the strike zone, hits for a good average. I think he's going to be very useful at the next level for the Dodgers. Uh, somebody that I'm sure uh, people that play against him, I'm sure he's going to be like that annoying player that they just can't get out. He's going to have quality at bats. And uh, so what, Miguel so Vargas is saying, What you're saying is he's their next Chris Taylor, or he's going to platoon <laughs> all over the I think he's going to be better than Chris Taylor. Just I'd... annoy the hell out of opposing teams. Yeah, I mean, I could see definitely the comparison there. I, I think he'll be better than Chris Taylor. I think he's a better bat than Chris. Ta- I know Chris Taylor was an all-star, uh, but I think he overperformed last year. And I think that Miguel Vargas will be more consistent year to year than Chris Taylor is. But another great player in the Dodgers organization. What a shocker. Uh, the Dodgers just know how to do it at every single level. And that's why they're so successful there. Uh, but guys, that's going to wrap up week six of the call up. Any things you guys would like to plug or any mentions of anything you guys want to bring up with our audience? No, I'm just ready for more baseball. I love seeing um, all these young guys come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so cool. Um, once again, hat tip to Adley Rushman. Um, we'll also just throw out there that uh, let's see, Bobby Dahlbeck has a 27.6 K rate still on the season. Uh, Meanwhile, Tristan Cassis has, uh, you know, been doing his thing. So, yeah, we're just still waiting. We're just still we waiting. almost made it a show without the the Tristan Cassis <laughs> reference uh, well, either. I, I have to make sure that I, I take care of my, uh, you know, my priors. I got to take care of the stuff that needs to be taken care of. No, of course. And as Christian pointed out before the show, when we looked at it. The, the K rate isn't bad, but he's still not performing, which is still the problem. His K rate was like over 30, 34%. Uh, until the last week, and then he had some pitch hits, which helped his case. Uh, but he's still batting like I forgot, like 180 somewhere around there on the season. It's not good enough. Not good enough. No, might not need great, to be a Bob. change there. Kevin, you yeah, Uke, Uke's been ripping him. So, anyways, stay tuned for that. Uh, feel free to tune into some Boston Red Sox games and hear Kevin Euclid make fun of Tristan Cassis. It goes great. All right, well, that's going to wrap us up here for Christian and John. I'm David. We'll catch you all in the next one.